Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Andre and Richard. They are co-founders of Nettle. Nettle created a holographic banker. And uh, we're going to talk about using holography in banking or other industries for services. How does that relate to AI? Can we actually make the holographic Vesna, in their case, smart as well? How does it all work? And what is the future of retail banking? Some people say that, look, uh, it's all going to be online, but maybe there will be crossovers between online and offline world. So welcome, Andre and Richard. How are you today? Excellent. Excellent. We're really excited to be here. So thank you, Rudo, for having us. Yeah, perfect. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. So can you tell listeners a little bit about yourselves? What are your backgrounds? How did you both get to do what you do today? And by the way, how have you met? Yeah, so maybe I'll start. This is Richard. So very good to be here again. We we met working at ESET. ESET is the antivirus company based here in Slovakia. It's a global company. We were working together in one department. Andre had background in, in banking and finance. And, and I actually was born in Slovakia, but I left when I was one year old many years ago. And I moved to Canada. That's why you can maybe tell I have a different accent uh, or my accent is a Canadian accent as opposed to maybe an American or a Slovak accent. And when I came back to Slovakia, I was working at ESET and we met there and we were in, like I said, the same department. We were working on different kinds of technologies, a lot of innovation. And when we left ESET, we kept in touch and we were always interested in new, new kinds of technology. And Andre had started working for an artificial intelligence company based here in Bratislava. And we came together and we decided that it might be a good idea if we started uh, doing some plans together uh, for that company. Andre also met a couple of his colleagues at the time, and uh, we, we decided that uh, it would be great if we all came together and started conversational AI because they'd already had some experience and some very good experience with customers as well. And it, and it seemed like the great opportunity back in 2017, 2018, because conversational AI and, and chatbots were the biggest thing uh, next to sliced bread, as they say. So it, it was a great time to be working in that space, and we had a lot of great potential. Right. So, you know, hopefully the AI summer we're experiencing now will last forever, but uh, who knows? All right. And you both co-founders of Nettle. So what is Nettle about? Yeah. So Nettle is an AI startup, as I said, a Slovak startup spe- specializing, excuse me, in conversational artificial intelligence technologies. And that includes virtual agents, digital assistants, and chatbots as well as digital humans, which we'll talk about. You mentioned Vesna at the beginning. So we're a full-service technology provider uh, that has built its own proprietary natural language processing and machine learning engine. And we help customers design, develop, test, and deploy smart human-like virtual agents across multiple different kinds of platforms and interaction points and in multiple different kinds of industries. Some of the benefits that we have is that 
like I said, since we develop our own proprietary conversational AI engine, we're a lot more flexible than maybe some of the other bigger players in the marketplace. We can deploy on-premise or in the cloud or hybrid scenarios. That gives us a huge advantage, especially since we work in industries like FinServe, where data privacy is super, super important. Uh, the other great thing is that we can deploy to multiple different kinds of platforms, such as email and web pages and SMS and messenger apps, such as Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. And also the newest evolution of the chatbot is the digital human, which we'll get into. I'd also like to mention just a couple of things, Rudu, if you don't mind, but we're going to toot our horn a little bit. But uh, we're pretty proud of a couple of the great accomplishments that we've had over the years. We were the first company in the world to be granted permission to create a chatbot-powered banner in the Google marketing platform. So that's really exciting for us. That kind of got us on track with working a lot of the different companies here in Slovakia. We're also a signatory member of the Slovak Research Center for AI. So we help identify different opportunities for conversational and artificial intelligence here in the Slovak market and then help set policy and help communities identify opportunity. We were also voted the best uh, AI and ML startup in Slovakia back in 2019 from the Central Euro European Startup Awards. So we're pretty proud about that. So that just gives a little overview of who we are. Andre, you met at the same company, but how did you actually get there? Why AI is uh, attractive to you? My background is uh, marketing and product. And uh, as for the marketing, I like very much uh, digital portion of the marketing. So. This is how I, I came to attach with, with the AI technology and ML, ML technology. All right. So you build this holographic banker for SLSP, which is the Slovak Savings Bank owned by Erste Group. So how did this come about? You come to a branch now and then there will be a holographic banker greeting you. Can she or he also do more than just go here to the right or to the left or wait how does that work as well and how did you how did you put this together so the concept of a digital holographic digital assistant seemed like a natural evolution for us as a company it was actually andre's idea uh, we'd been imagining how to expand and evolve the chatbot technology with conversational ai to the next level so that we could help customers move beyond that standard call center workflow which a lot of them have and actually hasn't been all that in some places just because of the, the way the technology has been handled um, and the way the technology has been deployed in a lot of circumstances. So we realized that by adding visuals to a conversational AI platform or, or an engine really can help get customers to the next level. I don't know if you know, Rudo, but only about 7% of good communication is in the words that are being said and the remainder comes from the tone of voice and body language. So digital humans can naturally improve communication with customers. And that's the way we saw things. With respect to Vesna, she's a digital banker. And we figured that we could create a novel way for customers to interact at the branch. And ultimately, it would be for innovative companies like, like the Slovak General Savings Bank that we have here in Slovakia uh, to, to actually move to the next level and become the future of digital banking. I mean, ultimately, you can imagine that there'll be a digital teller at some point in the future where you don't even speak to people unless you absolutely have to because the teller can do most of the, the, the basic operations that a teller does now. So Yeah, the holographic visuals uh, we added to our core engine are not trivial undertaking. Our digital banker has a complement of a new and interconnected technologies that uh, we need to work together to make sense of a client's questions and respond appropriately with speech animation. Natal's 
Core proprietary technology uses natural language processing and machine learning to recognize natural text. However, transcribing voice to text and then generating a response is reverse order in, in reverse order is also important. Last but not least, we add to this whole thing the visualization in the form of a human figure, which we display as a hologram. It looks fantastic. Your holographic banker is called Vesna, but why Vesna? What's behind the name? And can a customer change the name and appearance as they prefer? Like you can change voices on your iPhone. And also there, there was a big debate in some countries like is Siri female or male? And Apple would say it's actually neutral. It can be both. And uh, you can ch choose whatever uh, voice you want, accent as well, all kinds of things like this. Is this something that you're thinking about when you take this further? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. So originally, Vesna was codenamed Stella, and she became Vesna at launch. So uh, for, for a lot of people that don't know, uh, Vesna comes from a Slavic from Slavic mythology. She's the character who represents youth and springtime. So I guess the bank decided to have her represent the future generation of digital banking. I think it's a great name, honestly. You can absolutely change Vesna or the digital human to any visualization uh, that your heart desires. So you can change your clothes. In fact, we spent a lot of times, Andre, if you remember, uh, we had a couple of different variations of clothes. It was literally like being on the catwalk in a big fashion show. We had a fashion designer to help design our clothes, hairstyle, facial features. Uh, you can absolutely have a male, a female. You can have a, a I don't know what a neutral gender is, but you could definitely have a neutral gender as well. And again, we can map the voice, the tone of voice. It can be deep or it can be light. It can be anything that the customer wants to represent that, that digital human as their brand ambassador. Brilliant. So it can work like I come to a branch and Vesna's there. I say, I really like to talk to Richard. And then she turns into... I guess we could do that as well. It would cost a little extra money, but uh, yeah, I don't know who'd want to do that to, <laughs> to talk to me. I think Vesna looks much nicer than I do, but uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So what were customer reactions to Vesna? Vesna makes a better impression on people and uh, has a higher level of trustworthiness than a typical chatbot because of her uh, physical appearance. Uh, in fact, Vesna is actually a chatbot at her core. When you talk to her, you receive the same answers to questions that you would get in a bank's online support page. In the first month of going live, if you count the bank branch and the internet page, she managed to answer tens of thousands of customers' questions. Vesna dramatically helped improve operational efficiency in the call center. The number of chats uh, we are now handling without switching to an operator is 75%. We are still pushing that higher. Moreover, after the chatbot has la was launched, the number of such conversations tripled. So not only are customers getting quicker and better support, but more customers can take advantage of customer support improvements than before. All right. So if we paint a picture, so you walk into a branch and Vesna's there, what can she do in addition to say saying hello, greeting customers at the branch? You mentioned you're using NLP, using conversational AI. So what kind of questions people have that Vesna can handle? You said 75% already and you're pushing for more. Can you just give us a, a couple of examples? How does that work? 
Sure, sure. So Vesna was designed to complement the online customer service department. We built one core engine with the core capabilities to answer questions. I think there were how many, 200, 300 intents that we had that were being answered with, with Vesna. And actually, was, actually, at this very moment, it's over 400 FAQs or intents. Yeah, 400. So she can she can be deployed, like we said, to different uh, different uh, interaction points, which is great for the customer because they don't have to build a separate kind of and a separate core engine for those different touch points. But she answers frequently asked questions. So where's the nearest branch? What time is the branch open till? How do I open a mortgage account? What do I need for a mortgage account? Can I speak with a, a, a teller? That sort of thing. But Vesna also delivered, she's actually designed to deliver the next level of customer care as well. And that's conversational banking, which includes active and banking, active and passive banking operations. So for example, you could ask Vesna to block your card if you think it's been lost or stolen, or she can, you can even check your bank balance if you want her to. And the list goes on and on. So ultimately, she'll be able to do some of those active and passive banking operations that we generally do on a web on a web page. Sounds brilliant. And I know this would age me and many other people, but maybe you do know uh, Seinfeld TV show. Absolutely. And there was an episode there where uh, Kramer listened, well, noted that there is a, a bank branch where they say, if we don't greet you, hello, then we'll pay you $50. And he went into that branch and the teller greeted him, hey. So he called the manager and said, well, you didn't say hello, I, you owe me $50. <laughs> and uh, then they had a bit of a negotiation. The manager said, well, how does 20 bucks sound? And he's like, giddy up, great. So I think Vesna wouldn't make that mistake if you say hello. Absolutely, absolutely. We would be saving money for the bank even in that way. Why not? So you mentioned NLP and uh, voice-to-text-to-voice challenges and how not trivial it is actually to make Vesna appear and act natural and intelligent. So can you dig into this a little bit more? Is Vesna learning as well? Sometimes people talk about Tesla that you don't obviously learn continuously, but when you come home and you're charging your car, all the driving data is uploaded to a cloud and then the models are getting smarter and smarter every day. So what about self-learning for Vesna? Is that something that you plugged into her code? How, how does that work? So basically, as we mentioned already uh, at the beginning, she was designed with our own proprietary conversational AI platform and that uses industry standard natural language processing tools. It uses custom machine learning algorithms that we've designed and built ourselves with our data scientists and custom business domain libraries. And that means that uh, if it's in a finance space, an automotive space, a hospitality space, we bring in those intents and all of the information that we learn in conversations back into the system. And it's not self-learning in the respect that she can learn by herself, even if she makes a mistake. It doesn't work that way, not yet, maybe sometime soon. But what happens is it's a uh, a self-supported kind of model where at the end of the day, after a lot of conversation, the core business language domain engine actually has a level of confidence. And if some of the questions weren't answered with the proper level of confidence, they can either go to an agent, a live person to answer that question properly, 
or it can go through a dialogue engine where we create rules for the dialogue flow and then ask a clarifying question or ultimately ask a second one and then transfer it to somebody or respond, I'm sorry, we can't help you, please please ask a, a different question. We then take all of this data, much like Tesla does at the end of the day, and then we can put it back into the system and the system learns from the answers that it answered incorrectly, but it has to be supervised by some human. So it doesn't do it automatically, but it can be supervised. The result of this cool technology that we have, as I mentioned, is that we also have APIs so we can um, integrate to third-party business applications like call center applications, like a Genesis application for call centers or payment gateways so that we can actually do e-commerce with our chatbots and our digital human. I already mentioned that we can deploy on-premise in the cloud or hybrid scenarios, which is super cool. It offers maximum security to a lot of the customers. And then I also mentioned that it's multimodal, which means you can actually take different components and just deploy the back end without the visual interface, or you can take the whole thing. And multilingual, obviously, because we want to explore and expand into other markets, Slovakia, Czech Republic, CEE region is relatively small, and we're absolutely looking to expand into different markets. Great stuff. Great stuff. Now, let's think about this a bit more widely. We're talking about conversational AI, customer service, NLP, holograms. What are the other industries where you could use this apart from retail banking? So just imagine the industry. It can be used anywhere where customer support is being used. So in any customer touch point. For, so let, let's take, for example, a customer report representative in a telco or a utility company, anywhere like that, it, absolutely you can deploy this. Also take a look at maybe the healthcare industry, healthcare advisors in pharmacies or hospitals or clinics. So huge opportunity to augment what's already being done in those areas. Digital influencers or brand ambassadors as part of an online marketing strategy, maybe for a restaurant or an e-shop or a travel company. This is a huge opportunity because you can actually create any kind of character for that, for that and you can have that digital human deploy 24-7. So that's also huge. We're also seeing a huge... A, 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 basic shift in the business, the way businesses are done in the automotive industry. Volvo, but I think you mentioned that Volvo is going all digital in the next 10 years. So it means they're not even going to have a, basically a dealership that you can go to. Maybe you'll just have a parking lot where you go look at the car, but everything will be done online. You'll be able to purchase the car entirely and only entirely online. So this is a huge opportunity for digital humans to be become that engagement gateway for the customers. And one other thing, you know, we, we haven't talked about yet, but it's super important for customers to consider is the whole going green concept. Imagine that you can actually use chatbot technology and digital humans to help a customer become more green because these the services that are provided actually drive down costs. You don't have, it's not just the driving down costs of extra people, but people take up space in an office uh, that you have to heat, that you have to put electricity toward. A lot of that stuff can be saved and those cost savings can then be redeployed into other areas that are more strategic for, for the company, actually hiring better people, better training for people so they're more happy with the jobs that they do. Don't, don't forget a lot of the times these chatbots and these digital humans are answering these mundane, repetitive kind of questions that don't fulfill an employee. So imagine you can actually give an employee a much more fulfilling job. Uh, and, and that's exactly how we can help on the a conversational AI side. Actually, we, we had a great call yesterday with one of the biggest uh, airport in Europe discussing very nice use case. So 
as Richard mentioned, the opportunities are really huge. Right. And maybe coming back to technology, because we talked about software a lot, but I'm now thinking about the hardware as well. How does that work? Do you have a projector where, for example, Vesna is projected from or from the ceiling or how does that work? There's a couple of different kinds of technologies. We we use rotor technology or fan-based technology that d- displays the holographic image. There is an evolution in technology coming forth as well, where there's start, you're starting to see in screen-based technologies, they're a little more expensive, but we see projector kind of technology as well. The hardware capacity is really growing in, by light years, as they say. So we'll see all sorts of new things. The, the technology right now is reasonably price, although a little bit on the expensive side, but it is really flexible. It grows month over month in terms of the capabilities that it has, as we're also looking at deploying real-time speech visualizations, meaning that we can actually create real-time animations for the mouth of Vesna and other kinds of human digital humans, which really gives it a much more natural feel than having predefined questions that she can answer. So this is the next level of of Vesna that we're going to. So first it was the chatbot, and then it's the digital human, and now it's the digital human that can actually answer questions in real time. So it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. And so Andre mentioned the airports, you mentioned the healthcare. I think also, obviously, you could think about information desk at the shopping mall, right? Absolutely. Places like this. But I'm also thinking about another use case for you when it comes to entertainment. So for example, if you go back to cinema and now Top Gun is a big hit, Maybe Tom Cruise is checking the tickets, right? That's great. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm sure Warner Brothers or whatever the studio is behind it, they would be happy with it. Basically replacing the cardboard promotions. Absolutely. That's a great idea. We've got 4DX, we've got IMAX, all kinds of things. But I think that would be a natural extension. But in any case, which leads me to another kind of a home use case. Will be Will we be able to use these holograms at home soon? Just like we do video calls, God forbid we go through another pandemic anytime soon, but maybe when we work next time from home 24-7 and nowadays you have some bosses complaining that you should be back in the office, maybe they can pop in as a hologram. Not that I encourage it, but still, I'm just curious how that looked like and what do you think the horizon on this is? Five, ten years or more? Actually, it's getting there already. There is uh, this, uh, this company portal and it produces holographic interfaces for home usage already. And if I remember it correctly, it cost only $2,000. So it's there already, and we are moving this direction, surely. Yeah. Fantastic. So what's the name of the company again? I'm just going to Google it right now. I'm kidding. Portal. Portal. Okay. All right. And let's talk about the, your business as well, right? Because you, you have these banking customers, you're talking to Volvo, you're talking to the to airports, all kinds of industry verticals. But you do did mention correctly that Slovakia is a small market, right? Five plus million people. So what is your growth plan? And what I'm, I'm pushing for is to hear is that, well, to scale up, you need to go international, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so we always, when we started this company, knew that it wouldn't be just something local, even though we started locally with the Slovak language. And it was actually a good thing because uh, to try to get conversational AI and build natural language processing with Slovak was really tough. Uh, and it made it a lot easier once we moved into the other languages. So we've already got English, we've got uh, Hungarian, we've got Polish, we've got uh, German, we've got Czech language. We're also looking, we've got Italian. 
and we're beginning to look at other languages across Europe as well. So we'll be able to deploy to anywhere anywhere in Europe at some point, and that's approaching very quickly. But we're also looking to the US, the UK, and even Asia. We already have a really nice tender on the west coast of the US for transportation industry. Let's hope that goes well. And then hopefully, if that works well, we'll be able to be in the transportation industry and other markets where our is deployed. And that's all across Asia and, and Canada and, and across Europe as well. So we're absolutely looking to expand into the other markets, but we don't do it in a horizontal way. We go vertically where the solutions are. And as we mentioned, automotive is a huge industry for us. Fin services is a huge industry. So when we get a bank request uh, from Austria or from one of the from Erste Group, as we mentioned, uh, across their region or automotive space in the UK, we're very happy to move into those markets and, and we can do that relatively quickly. All right, wonderful. So before we wrap up, I just have two easy questions for you. First one is, do you have any book that you can recommend, which is either a business book or could be a fiction, which is related to holograms or AI or metaverse um, as you wish? I don't know that many books that are probably that good on the, the holograms at the moment. It's new. You probably find more information just online by Googling. There's a lot of great stuff out there. In terms of just a great Generally, a couple of great books that help people in the business space, if you're interested in that. One of my favorites is Homo Sapiens by Harari. That's super great, gives you insights into humans and how people work. And from a business perspective, uh, my experience is, is that anything that uh, has to do with negotiation, I think it's William Urey. He's got a couple of great books, but the last one I read was Getting Past No. It's a negotiation book. And I think uh, when you're Definitely when you're dealing with new technology, you have to overcome customers that are saying, no, it's too early or no, it's too expensive. So to be able to negotiate and give them the value and the benefit to help them see the future is always helpful. So I think those are probably a couple of books that I enjoy. But I don't know if you have something uh, that... Actually, besides the tech news, I have a small boy at home and those are fairy tales usually. <laughs> All right, but, but there is value in cutting through the chase and uh, getting to the point quickly. And I think that's maybe what some people can learn from children's books as well. And because it's important when you do storytelling, when you pitch things to investors, trying to simplify things. Exactly. So what is the best way to reach out if people are interested in getting in touch with you? And what kind of uh, people or parties would you be most uh, interested in connecting with? Uh, as for me, it's uh, surely LinkedIn. Uh, we are active on emails. For yeah, sure. active on LinkedIn. So you could certainly send, if they're really interested, to andre at nettle.ai or richard at nettle.ai. We are updating our website. So you could also go to the website, nettle, www.nettle.ai. That will be updated soon to be very flashy and sexy, and include all of the great stuff that we've done. Uh, but as Andre mentioned, LinkedIn is probably the best platform to reach us. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much and good luck to Andre and Richard and Nettle and your all digital humans out there. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.